Hello, and welcome to In Bed With Books, the podcast where we talk about smutty fantasy with each other and with you. My name is Melissa. And I'm Bethany. And where else can you find us, Bethany? You can find us in a few places. On our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, and also on Instagram at inbedwithbookspod. We also have a Discord, which you can follow in the link in our bio. And then if you go to the description box below, check out those links and you can find us anywhere else. And uh, what are we talking about today, Melissa? Um, let's find out. All right. Look, if the fall of the U.S. means that we go back to like ancient Roman sort of shit, I'm there. And we bring I'm happy back for some politics, secret cult orgies. I'm, yes, I'm fine. I will. I will host a cult orgy tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, fine with me. Yep. Bring yeah. it on. Oh. Oh, well, Excellent. Um, <laughs> do you have any uh, things you want to know, Melissa? I know I just um, asked a couple questions. So, well, I was going to say, I, I want to get kind of into your publishing stuff, but let's yeah, see here. Mm-hmm. But before, because I know Bethany particularly is interested in that. So I'm going to kind of touch the last few like reader-ish questions. Really one-off. Okay. So yeah, I love it. What book do you think doesn't get enough love in the like book talk, bookstagram, whatever, all like okay. all in company scene? I'm so fucking ready for this okay. question. I saw this and I fucking knew. Um, I talk about this all the time on my Instagram. One of my favorite books of all time, it's not my favorite, is the Magicians of Venice series. This is also okay. by my friend Amy Coverlinen. Um, it is a trilogy and it is completed to my girlies out okay. there who are okay. like, but it's the series, the series is completed. It is a perfect trilogy. It has fucking everything and the girlies are always calling the number one thing i get is like we need more fantasy romance breath like we need more fantasy romance breath like um it takes it's a like an urban modern fantasy so it takes place in our world and like a mm-hmm. modern day and age yes. um yes, it okay. follows the main character is dr penelope bryce so we have a female phd who's in her early 30s so we've got a mm. fucking female main character who's in her 30s fuck yes um She's an academic, she's brilliant, and her whole thing is that she is searching for um, evidence, archaeological evidence of Atlantis. So very much like um, she's an outcast in the academic community because they all think she's crazy, blah, 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 blah. Well, she gets called to Venice because she's the only expert in this field, and there's a bunch of creepy cult ritualistic murders happening in Venice that have been tied to, like, Atlantean, like, references kind of. So she comes in as an expert. Long story short, Atlantis is real. And there's a group of immortal magicians who have survived since the fall of Atlantis. And the murders have a supernatural element to them. I'm not trying, I'm I'm trying not to spoil too much. Um, And it is, and then she obviously falls in love with the super hot, sexy, immortal Atlantean magician. Yes. Um, And then they have to team up to make sure that the world doesn't end. Um, And it is the most, perfect like sound family like it is the best gang of characters this group of magicians um it is like my favorite fucking thing in the world if you love myth and history this goes through so much of it starts in atlantis and venice um the second book takes place all throughout the middle east and touches on like old biblical myth and archaeological studies Mm. Um, they go to turkey at one point too like literally if you love like fantasy and myth and found family and romantic like um it is spicy. It's not going to be like if you pick up a KU book, you know, that's like, yeah. it's not going to be like 
mafia romance they're fucking on the second page um <laughs> but like all of the sex is, is on is on page um alexis is probably like my it's like cassian and alexis are like tied for me like favorite book boyfriends um it just has fucking everything that i feel like the girlies love on book yes. and i feel yes. like i just go hoarse screaming about it because <laughs> it's so fucking good like found family mystery like if it's like feeling like you got a harry like your hogwarts letter in your 30s yeah that, that magic is real and there's this like huge secret house with this massive underground magic library that they've been protecting from for thousands of years and there's a super fucking hot like magician uh, who like oh uh, i want to read this really, i was gonna say we should so add this to the podcast <laughs> I love God. urban if fantasy. We, if we read this for the podcast, it. will you join us? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And I will talk about it. Yeah. I will drag Amy's ass on here too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I will make her talk about it with us. I will. Um, it is my favorite fucking thing. And one of, I think this was a defining moment in our friendship because I was texting Amy after I finished the first book. And I was like, all of those murders, because it's it's not like if you don't like th- thriller or crime, you're fine. Because that's it's like kicks off the supernatural plot, so like mm-hmm. it's not a huge part of it. Um, but I was like, I love the TV show Hannibal with um, Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Um, I butchered his name, but like if you love like that TV show, I love super homoerotic, <laughs> amazing. Okay, um, I need to watch that too. <laughs> Shit. Oh my god, have you not seen it? <sighs> I fucking Hannibal, love Mads Mikkelsen. Oh my it's god! It's so he, good. It's so good. He plays Hannibal in it, and it's a TV show. It is one of also the most visually beautiful things I've ever seen. Yes. Like the show, oh, I love visually I beautiful her. things. Yes, like that. <laughs> I texted her and I was like, "Those murders, like the culty murders that like bring her to Venice." I'm like, because she describes the crime scenes, and they have a ritualistic thing to them. I'm like, they made me think of the Hannibal show. And she was like, yeah. "Oh my god, that was my info. I wanted oh. these super ritualistic." like creepy nice. Hannibal murders yeah. and I was like that's what I thought of so if you love the show there's even elements of that in the first book like I won't shut up about it I'm so, like I get I get almost angry <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm so worked up I'm so worked up because yeah. I'm like no you don't understand it's everything the fucking girlies love like it's perfect it should be huge like if yeah. anything should go mega viral on fucking book talk I feel like it's Magicians, because if you love yeah. Akatar, if you love Crescent City, like if you love those elements of like magic, paranormal, myth, history, creepy murders, found family, sexy as fuck, ancient, immortal magician man, like um, Penelope's in her thirties and she has anxiety and like some other mental wow. health things Mood. that just like love it. right. I know, like fucking yeah. same. Um, and I think, and this is something that I really loved in it too that I talked to Amy about as well is like. She, it's kind of that like reluctant chosen one trope mm-hmm. that you see a lot. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I say trope with love, like that's just a writing device, but she's yeah. kind of this like reluctant hero. And just because she starts like banging the hot guy, like her anxiety doesn't go away. Like she's yes. still like, she's like, I still have panic attacks. Like this is still like up until the end. And this is also something that I loved uh, with Nesta so much is like up until the end, like, banging the hot guy doesn't mean that all of my mental issues went away. Yes. Um, and yes. you read so many K-New novels where it's like, which I'm not knocking them, like fucking bread and butter, like I eat that shit with a spoon. Like this isn't to diss any kind of book at all. 
But you do just read so many where like all of the heroin problems start going away when she gets mm-hmm. laid. Yeah. Um, and there's no like magic dick syndrome is what we call it. <laughs> like she still has, she's still like in the third book has moments of like, well, I don't know if I'm fucking supposed to be here and doing this shit. Like mm-hmm. I was in a classroom a year ago. I'm 30. Like I have anxiety. Like it's so fucking relatable yeah. but she, that she just works through it. So it has fucking everything. And then it has some elements like that, that more books need. So I like, I'm, vi- I'm hot. I'm viscerally angry right now about how popular <laughs> I think this book should be. Like, that's ever- okay. That's me when I've talked about the hollows though, because yeah. it does, it actually sounds very similar to the hollows. So I highly yeah. recommend you read those because it's urban yeah. fantasy detective yeah, style it, with like fantasy. Down. Okay. Okay. Perfect. On my notepad that says more binge reading, less doom scrolling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> But the, I think one of the first times that I talked about it on the podcast, I, afterwards I had to like catch my breath because I was like, I didn't realize that I had all of that pent up. I didn't realize how much I needed to share that with somebody. I never, I talk about it all the time. And then it's so much fun because then I'll get followers who will DM me like, I know you've been recommending Magicians of Venice for ages, but I finally just read it. And, oh my God, you were right. And I will be like, vindicated. Have you seen, <laughs> you watched some... Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, yeah. I am Holt. I am like yes. vindication. <laughs> yes. like, yelling yes. in the hallway. Like this is so amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. Every time I get so hyped, I saw that question and I was like, "Fucking broke, broken, broken acrylic." Getting ready to answer that one. <laughs> um, I think that's. I mean. Yeah, other stuff we've kind of touched on. So if you want yeah. to break into those publishing questions, writing and publishing questions, Bethany. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. I, I feel like there's a lot of like our listeners. I know we, Melissa and I have definitely like wanted to write more. Um, mm-hmm. What is like some advice yeah. you have for like people oh, who like yeah. are looking to publish or like yeah. looking to like get out there? Yeah. Um, fucking do it. Straight up. That's always my advice because I feel like I've talked to, um, so many like, like, um, aspiring writers or beginning writers or whatever, or people who like want to start and don't. And I've gotten a lot of questions kind of over, over the years and like the past two years, I should say, um, the past one year, the only year that I've been publishing where people are like, wow, like, how do you know when you're ready? Like, how do I get started? Like, what do you like? And my number one thing is just do it because there's, I hate to bring to you. Um, it's a creative field. So you're never going to feel super fucking confident about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just like break that bubble for you right now. Yeah. Um, I have had, I think I had four books come out in the past year and every single pub day, I was still anxious as fuck. Did not get better. <laughs> like as the time went yeah. on. And obviously what did change a little bit is, it's almost laughable. I look at the first book that I put out and now I look at these and I'm like, Oh my God. Like sometimes, sometimes I have days where I'm like, should I take the first one down? Oh. Like, um, I, I'm not going to, I love it. It is a messy <laughs> trophy little baby. And I love her so much. I love her. I do. But like, even I can see like, Oh my God, I'm such a better writer. Just like a year later. Um, I'm like, Oh God, something that makes me cringe even now, but it's, you know, it's fine. Um, so it's one of those things that we're like, I've gotten a little bit more confident in my writing. I'm like, okay, like if somebody doesn't like this book, by the time it was the fourth one, I was like, you know what? If they don't like it, 
that's okay. Like I'm more confident in my abilities now as a writer. So I'm just cool with like, Hey, it wasn't for them. That's fine. I think the first two books, if somebody like didn't like it, I took it, you know, more like, Oh fuck Mm -hmm. my, a bad writer. I'm definitely a better writer than the first one. Like, you know, like you just get better the more you do things. Um, but I, so some things do get easier, but for the most part, just fucking start writing because if you're waiting for like the perfect moment or like the perfect feeling or like the perfect plot, like none of that's ever going to happen. Like you just got to fucking write it. Um, I always tell people all the time, just fucking do it, man. Just fucking do it. Like start because I think people get too caught up on like the first draft. And I'm like, the whole point of the first draft is to like, just tell yourself the story. Like the first draft isn't for readers. The first draft is for you. You're just telling yourself the story. Mm. Um, I went back the last book that I just edited. I mean, I've edited books before and literally like changed characters who have died and been like, nope, like somebody else is dying. Like I've made major changes on like version three of drafts before, like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, the first draft just needs to exist. Um, so my, my advice is just fucking do it. It's like the worst, best thing. Writing is like, Mm -hmm. it's so awful and so wonderful. Like I would die if I wasn't writing, but also like, I didn't get any work done today because I was like, I gotta write a sex scene today. Fuck it. I can't even get my, I can't get my brain around it. I'm not doing it today. Um, you know, so like it's the worst, best thing, but I would shrivel up and die if I like wasn't at the same time writing. Um, so to you guys and to like all the listeners, anybody who has a story that they want to tell, anybody who wants to write more, please fucking, please fucking just get started. Just do it. I don't care if you write a hundred words today, but please do it. Um, every single person has such a unique point of view because our writing is shaped by all of our experiences. Just are every single person is living a different life on this earth. And you are, you are only the, you are the only person who can tell that story in your voice. Nobody else is going to be able to do that. Um, and we need your stories. I think this sounds very hokey, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) you know, I think that like everything that we do, like I said earlier, everything that we do should be a love story. And I think the world needs stories more than ever because we empathize through stories. We learn through Mm -hmm. stories. Um, we can develop through stories. We can process and heal through stories. Um, I've healed a lot of like serious religious, sexual and emotional trauma through reading and telling stories. Um, and we, we need more stories in the world. And, um, you know, I think that that's something that's so great about the writer community too, is like, I don't really, there's no competition in writing because like, Mm-hmm. It's not like competing car salesmen where like, well, this yeah. family's only get, this family's only going to buy one car for the next 10 years. It's not like that. Pe- people read tons of books every single week. Yeah. If, you bought, yeah. if you bought my book, it's not like you're not going to buy this other author's book. It's endless. So yeah. like, it's endless. <laughs> like, so that's what I think is so great about the author and writer community and doing this creative venture is like, there's no fucking competition. If somebody buys your book, that doesn't fucking mean they're like not going to you know, like there's just yeah. no, I feel zero competition with other writers. There's no fucking point, like from a product standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a creative standpoint. So it's so great and supportive. So like, just start writing, just do it. Like we need your story. Like I need your story, whatever it is, I need it. So you gotta get going. Cause I told you now to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, also like, if you think about competition, cause I know people like to shit on like people writing similar stories to other people. And I'm like, I'm glad they did. Great. Because I fucking love this story. And so if awesome. I want to read 
exactly the same thing with like different characters in a different setting. Then, yeah, I'm going to read the other one. Girly, half it, girly. Yes. Yes. Um, as long as it was written with integrity and it wasn't like stolen maliciously, oh, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Which goes without saying, of course, I didn't assume that you were saying that, you know, no worries. Like, as, like who fucking cares? I will read fake yeah. shit all fucking day long. Yeah. I will read vampires all fucking day long. Excellent. I'm glad they wrote something similar because I've been trying to find something that makes me feel like this book for the past six months, but like, yes. wonderful. Yes. Give it it's to so- me. It's so funny because I'm, I'm in the middle of this. I don't, have you read the Orc Sworn series by Finley Finn? I just finished like two days ago, the first one. Okay. I just read the, I just read the very first one because so, it's romantically inclined. So a fellow like himbo lover of like yeah. the big yeah. cavemen like yeah. world. This great. is definitely your cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I'm on, I think the midwife one. And okay, I just I, read number every one. Every one of them gets better. Every single oh, one of them okay, gets so okay. much better. But okay. it reminds me of what you're talking about, where where you guys are talking about is like it's kind of the same story. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? But who cares? We want that. We want to be a human yes. woman who gets swept away against her will, but it. then also gets more choice in this new world because yes. human men are shit. Like yes. just not. <laughs> I just want to go to the orc sex dungeon. Like (laughs) that's what I need in my life. So yeah, (laughs) she does it it. really well. (laughs) That's great. I literally just finished the first one and it was solid. I didn't, I didn't, but I've, I've heard most people have told me like, you've got to keep going if you liked it at all, because they get so much better. They do. Um, and I I already liked it a good amount. Um, So I will, I literally, good timing. I just finished like Lady in the Forest four days ago for the first time. Um, After seeing it so much, I finally was like, okay, I got nothing to do today. We'll, we'll see what this is all about. Um, So yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. Great. I'm glad. It's giving me more of the thing that I love. Um, Because the thing like, who gives a shit about competition? There's no competition and who cares if it's similar? Like we're all reading shit on the face. Yeah. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's either that you listen to like, the same song the same 30 seconds of a song yeah. but the thing is with the book you can't always like the when it's the same exact book you can't always reread it immediately yeah yeah and so like for the neurodivergent girlies out there we love we love, love. a good similar love. book yes yes because <laughs> as much as i love court of silver flame i have i've only read it twice and i've only read the other yeah. guitar books once I can't yeah. reread really. Um, <laughs> Alyssa Thorne's book, I'm obsessed with, absolutely obsessed. Um, and I will reread favorite scenes of hers. I think I reread her her books more than anything. Um, but they're a little shorter. They're on like the fifty, they're like fifty to sixty thousand words. So I'll kind of pop in and like read some of my favorite scenes and stuff. But like, I am a chronically chronically not a rereader. Like yeah, people ask you. me all the time, like, hey the next JLA book is coming out. Are you going to reread the last one before you this one? And I'm like, fuck no, no I'm not. I'm Those are also like it. 500 pages. They're <laughs> A Court of Silver Flames was like cathartically, I cathartically reread that because it was, that I book it recently. came yeah. out at yeah. such an important moment in history yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right yeah. after the pandemic we fucking needed that we needed yeah. to climb those stairs and like i <laughs> i like reread i re like i've never done that where i was just like i just kept looking at it and i was just like oh, i just really want to read it again and miles like read it again and i'm like okay <laughs> 
And Silver I read Flames it again, like, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Silver Flames is the only book that I have like reread cover to cover mm-hmm. in the past year. I, I a couple couple weeks yeah. ago, a couple months ago, I read it. It only came out like a little, like almost two years ago now, I guess. But it was like early twenty one. Yeah. Um, was that right? Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. Um, so I read it once, and then I reread it again this year. But it was like the only one of the only ones that I've ever picked up to reread. And fuck, still, still flat. Like, still so yeah. good. Like, um, I still get, I still get that like feeling when oh, I yeah. read it, and it's oh yeah, so rare. No, I, that's one of the first. Not the first bookish tattoo that I have, but it definitely, I was like, oh, I'm fucking tattooing this one. Yeah. I think my thing, I'm like definitely with you on the rereading boat. I remember things too clearly. Yeah. And so like, like, I, I have to, yeah, I have to like, have some distance. Well, emotions are also like a complicated thing for the neurodivergent. Like we don't yes. process or feel them in like a, a yes. normal way. So it's almost impossible for me to like read it again and have the same emotion. Mm-hmm. Which I don't want it to like ruin the experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, like the memory. Exactly. I'm like, the memory of what I felt is probably going to be better than me trying to feel a certain way again. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck, like, feelings are not, like, emotional regulation is not my strong suit. Um, yeah. So I truly do say, like, Silver Flames is, like, such an outlier in that way for me. Um, and I think same with Alyssa Thorne's books as well, because those are, she's, uh, Alyssa Thorne is ADHD too. Um, so her her stuff I just I would know will always hit, but everything else I like won't reread because I'm like there's zero guarantee I will feel the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? I we've been doing this kind of like mini series ish on the podcast. Started last mm-hmm. season of Twilight, where we're going back and we're reading things because I was oh, like you, I was like an avid reader as a kid. I went through like the yeah. whole teenage YA romance fantasy, all that oh, shit. Yeah. Bethany did not, and so it's kind of like the I'm oh, so dragging her into the darkness. Dragging yeah. her through, through time. <laughs> the cringe. Yes, you were yes. acting like her wishbone guide. Yes, yes. yes. And so <laughs> we're reading Twilight. We're doing, like, oh, I didn't read all of Twilight when we did it for the podcast because mm-hmm. it did kind of get to that point where I was like, okay, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. But yeah. with New Moon, which we did earlier this season, I devoured it again. Uh, it was the book that I was like, it was the first book where I stayed up all night. I, I was like, I'll read it until Edward comes back. Oh. Like, <laughs> the whole book later. Yep. Yep. The whole book. The last um, time, the last time I stayed up all like, no, no, no. Um, Magician, um, King Seal, which is the second book in um, Magicians of Venice was one. Okay. Heavenly Bodies by Imani Aru. Um, I've heard really good things about that. Oh my God. Like 3 a.m. screaming at the end. What the fuck? Like losing my shit. Um, Lost my shit for for Amy's. I think King Seal was the one that was sending me through the fucking roof at like four in the morning. But before that, the thing that really kicked me into high gear was 2020. July of 2020 was when I found Akatar. And... (laughs) Bitch, yes. July I of 2020. I had my yes. life began. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I was an avid reader as a kid and I loved fantasy. But in college and high school, I got away from it a little bit. And then mm-hmm. in 2019, ironically, I made a cohesive decision. Oh, I'm going to get back to being a crazy fucking reader. Like that brought me so much joy. Like what the fuck? But I was reading a lot of like, like just kind of contemporary 
this is kind of mean, but I call it like airport fiction, like the Oprah book, <laughs> yeah. Club. like the Oprah book club, like, you know, top 10, whatever. So I was reading a lot of that and I was enjoying it, but I was like still kind of missing that like feral joy. And then July of 2020, I was like, oh, Beauty and the Beast retelling. Like, yeah, I love the yeah. retelling. That's great. Yes. Yes. Next thing I know, 5 a.m. <laughs> and I was, and immediately I was like, oh, I'm sorry. We write fantasy books with fucking yes. us. We're doing this. <gasps> I was like, oh, yep. game changer. It was. Game changer. It was. I read, uh, what was it? It was the first, yeah, because Silver Flames wasn't out yet. Yeah. But I read those first three books in four days. Wow. Nice. Because it was like a Friday night, and then I was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I had work, so then it was like on to Monday. But like I was like, oh, oh, we have books like this now? Like, <laughs> yeah. where have I been? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, fuck, Oprah's book club. Sorry, Oprah. But I was like, oh, I'm we're doing fantasy like this now? Like, oh, I can get behind yeah. it. And then I was... All awesome. fantasy, all fantasy romance, all the time. I was already writing at that point, but I didn't know that like really indie authors were things. So I was like writing that a manuscript that is still unreleased, actually. That I was like planning on pitching like trad and all this shit one day, and then I think it was like March of twenty. Yeah, it was March of twenty one. So then, less than a year later, I was like, oh, Bookstagram, like we're doing mm-hmm. this, like you know. Um, and now it's been a little over a year, year and a half. Um, but yeah, it was like July of 2020. I, I, lo- I love to know that we were like reading it at the same time. I know. I like to think that we were, also, that, like we were, lo- we were looking at the same moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I remember, the same moon. I remember <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Mist and Fury because I kind of, yeah. I'm kind of like, I, it's really hard for me to like read things really fast because I kind of like to sit in it. Like I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I like kind of going yeah. out into the world and like kind of still being there. I I specifically yeah. remember um after the in scene of Mr. Gary, yeah. just like because it was yeah. summertime and we would have we would go out into the backyard and like put the fire on. And I just yeah. remember just like <laughs> <laughs> that's called disassociating. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like, someone asked me a question and, and I'm like, girlies Hello? do it all the time. And I'm, <laughs> You're like Reese, like oh my god, it was like this is. I was like this is this yeah. is a new life for me. I literally, yeah, I remember being like, oh, we do fantasy. Yes, like this. I literally was so thinking was that like, too. Oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm here. I am so here for it. I'm on board. <laughs> yes. I get it again. We are back. Um. So, yeah, I think one thing because I've read like not fantasy romance before. And one thing that really bothers me, and this is one reason and it's no hate at all. It's just like why I personally can't get into like the mafia romances is because of the possessiveness because he's a man. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. they're possessive yeah. because they're a fame and it's in their yeah. nature yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's against yeah. their like, it's just instinct that I can take that well yeah because that just satisfies your cave lady brain and is not steeped in a hundred years of capitalist yes yes so so it's just like oh this 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 makes my lady my cave brain happy (laughs) without making me fear for my life um because i know that that day is probably not an incel and i know where he was on january 6th Um, (laughs) yes exactly no that's i mean that's exactly my thought process so 
one day I'm going to get kicked off the fucking <laughs> Well, Ow. I mean, kicked off um, Twitter, but who actually wants to be there? Who wants to be on Twitter? Yeah. Um, I, I have, I have a day job. I work in, I work at a PR agency and I'm in digital marketing. And I also, um, am an adjunct lecturer at my alma mater. So I teach college courses. Um, and I I just say shit like that all the time. And I'm just like, they're going to fucking fire me so hard. And then I'm like, mm, it's college. Like yeah. we all remember that bad shit professor that we yes. had. Like they were the fun ones. That is not even um, the craziest like, shit all... that a professor has said on a college campus. For sure. Yes. For sure. And um, yeah. And I'm like, well, they're all like, it's not like I'm saying anything in- inappropriate. And they're all like 20 anyways. But I, every once in a while, I'll say something like that. Like, where the fuck were you on chance six? But I'm like. Don't answer that. It was do, I have, do I have to be bipartisan? Like as it is, like I'm like looking around. Like, do you guys know? <laughs> Does your lecturer need to be like bipartisan? Because like I'm not. Um, sorry. Whatever. No, we get political on here a lot. We oh, have yeah. to. Sometimes I'm like, all right, hop off the soapbox. It's about books. We're okay. Yeah. We actually. Yeah, but but like, but it is. But like, but that's the whole thing, man. Is like stories yeah, yeah. because like that's what I mean. Is like. But it's, it's like, yeah, we're talking about books, but we're talking about, like, but that's very real. Yeah. Like, why you can read that trait in a fae-mated thing and why you can't read yeah. that trait in um, in the, in a contemporary romance. Like, it's so real and that's so valid. And I think that's one of the things that, again, is so important and great about stories. So I'm always pro-books and so far. And I also, because, like, um, I like what you said yeah. earlier about, like, reading fantasy helps us grow our empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is like, yeah, absolutely. it's a soapbox that like, I have jumped on several times on here because it's like, it's yeah. how you engage with other lives. You only actually actively yeah. get to live one life. Yeah. Yeah. And so reading fiction absolutely. period engages you with these other yeah. lifestyles, other choices. You have to reconcile things. I love a good antihero. Yeah. Like, that's also why I like, I like Nesta so much. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cause she's traumatized. I mean, somebody, she's fucking trauma. Yes. And like, that's the thing is like, and, and I will post you know, pro Nesta stuff on TikTok and Instagram. And um, on Instagram, I seem to find the Nesta fans. On TikTok, I seem to find the people who are not Nesta fans. Oh, um, and which is fine because, like, thank you for the engagement. Um, <laughs> carrying on, but I'll have so many people be like, "She was a bitch, though," and I'll just be like, "Yeah, she was." Yeah. And like, I have literally very similar trauma to Nesta because, like, I have mommy issues. Like I speak to my dad now in a limited capacity. I do not speak to my mother. Um, and a lot of the boundaries that I had to set with my mother that were then broken, which has, have led us to this point of no contact were around the fact that she was the same gendered parent who raised us in purity culture. Um, there was literally, and I'm like, it's, it's tough to not sound hyperbolic, but I'm not kidding you when I say like for, from puberty to I don't know, probably when I started going to therapy at like 27, I would have been more comfortable telling my parents that I had murdered a man than had sex. Like, not kidding. Um, One of my sisters was almost kicked out of the family uh, when they discovered that she had had relations with her boyfriend at the age of 18 Mm -hmm. with a long-term partner, which like, I don't want to get too much into her story because that's her shit yeah. and we are not in contact either. But like, as a parent, I feel like that would be the best case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
you mean someone that she loved and like they'd been together for like years Mm -hmm. and they were 18? Like, (laughs) um, you know, so, and she would have been kicked out if she had, she was already 18. She like couldn't be, but she almost was like that. Seriously, the severity was like, I would commit murder. Like I thought nothing would send you to hell faster. Like Mm -hmm. I would vomit at the thought of like, you know, like it just, it was a whole thing. Um, so I have very similar trauma to Nesta in terms of like having shit with my mom, mm-hmm. with my narcissistic mother, mm-hmm. specifically around like looking a certain way, being a certain way to be married off, mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. married off. Um, and being the oldest sister and going through that shit. And then, you know, having, I mean, I don't speak to my sisters now. So like, I don't, I didn't patch it up like Nesta and Farah and Elaine did. Um, you know, my sisters and I are also no contact, but like, I have such similar shit to Nesta and people will comment like, I'm an older sister and I could never fucking treat my baby sisters like that. That's great for you. I just, I just don't respond. And I'll be like, that's great. You probably also have zero trauma and supportive parents. Like, that's nice. And they'll be like, but she was such a bitch. And I just want to be like, and I, and I've been a bitch to people too. Yeah. Like no one's excusing. Nobody's saying that Nessa's perfect. Mm-hmm. When we say that, like, we love her and we love that character and we identify so much with her. Like, we, lo- nobody's we love her because she's she imperfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And so many like, people will hit me with like, that. Like is a little bit too good. Yes. No, like, yes. And Elaine, like, you know, well, they're all like, don't even like, but she was mean. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. okay. And yeah, like, it's like an ugly side to trauma response. I think that's like, yeah. okay. So I like, I'm typically the one who's like, oh, you've got the resting bitch face, which I don't necessarily have an issue with that yeah. phrasing because I do like my resting face is very yeah. aggressive and people all the time yeah. that like, I'll get the, I didn't think you liked me at first. And then my response when I am like in spaces of fear is aggressive yeah and that's yeah. not something that like i do on purpose that is just the way yeah. that like i have grown as a person and i don't see yeah. that in fantasy characters or in like fiction characters often yeah. enough because we're so afraid of female yeah. rage i fucking love female rage i love yeah, the, the shit out of it like great the moment great. when sansa turns around and watches her husband oh. get eaten oh. that oh. that was chef's kiss like there's nothing that hits quite as hard as a woman getting retribution there are very few things to me game of thrones is seven seasons there there's very (laughs) few things that are okay from the way that that show ended yes but one thing that was fucking perfect was her her art her on the throne queen in the north chef's kiss roses fucking all day yeah that i stand by being fucking delicious and wonderful and perfect everything else was fucking shit but that i, I would also say that like the sansa girlies are the nesta girlies yeah oh for we sure. were like they, yeah, they yeah. were the ones it's, who it's were Emmett, Cassian, sansa, yep. Nesta. yep yeah there's no there's no scene i think i mean the whole show is pretty fucking good um i mean i also was a fucking Khaleesi Stan until like they did her so dirty. So yeah. Like, I'm yeah. still so fucking mad about that. I love her. Um, Targaryen forever, Daenerys forever. Um, but there are a few moments in that show that made me scream in feral female joy. Yes. 
when Sansa and Arya were in the trial and she was acting like it was Arya on trial. Yes. And then she turns her fucking head and she goes, so how do you answer for your crime? Little finger. And I fucking, yes. that was so, I think I've had less exciting orgasms than like yeah. that, moment, oh, yeah. that moment. I was like, fucking yes. bitches and I love it because Littlefinger is kind of this like epitome of like white man. Like he's got the fucking horse around him. Yes. You know, yep. he yeah. represents so much of that, not just like for power, but for like just sneezy, yeah. sleep. He would be he would be a Twitter himself. Yes. For sure. Well he's got he's got all these whores around him. And then also he's attracted to this 15, 14 year old girl, and that's the one he's pursuing. And like yeah. that is yeah. fucked up on so many levels. I will say the actor was amazing. Yes. Such a great actor. And yeah. he is very attractive. Yeah. So I was like, that was confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but like exactly. as a character, yeah. it was so like perfectly fucked up. So yeah. perfectly fucked up. And so and like yeah. in the same yeah. way that we're so scared, like culturally, I won't say like us, we're very clearly not scared of these things, but like so scared of yeah. female pleasure. We're also scared of female rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of we are afraid of the gamut of female emotions. Yes. Yeah. Um, broadly, there's a very narrow window in which women are allowed to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the, I'm very bad at doing it for myself. Um, so this is a very good example of doing what I say and not as I do. Um, but one of the things that I try to do is, as I don't do this with like strangers, but I do this with like my close friends is I will like push back on them with love. Like every time they're like, sorry, I'm being so dramatic today. I'm like, no, you're not like you just, these are just feelings. Like, stop it. These are just feelings. Like, I push back in, in people I'm with relationships. Again, I'm not doing this to strangers. But, like, I feel like I'm, I I get so fucking passionate. And and part of this is also, like, I was late diagnosed. With, I was diagnosed with ADHD a year ago. Okay. So 90% of my life, I thought that I just, like, was fucking wrong and, like, had anxiety um, and couldn't manage my emotions well and then learned that I was, like, severely neurodivergent um, and actually, at this point, like, likely autistic um, and didn't know that until I was, like, literally 28. Um, so I'm not good at doing this for myself, but, like, <laughs> I'm so... That's one of the things that has just been on, like, that I've just been thinking about so recently is I push back on the way that my friends talk about their emotions all the time because I'm, like... Stop apologizing. Like, you're not being dramatic. Like, you are just allowed to fucking feel things, mm-hmm. my dude. Like, because we are so afraid of female uh, pleasure. We're afraid of their rage. Like, women literally can't be mad. Like, they can't be mad and they can't be too happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you simultaneously, like, you can't be pissed off or sad, but you also sure as fuck can't be like sexually satisfied and happy and like proud of yourself you are you want it all you want too much you're like reaching for the stars you have to be a you have to be a placid vegetable yes yeah yeah so i feel like i just i love it because i push back on i i i just i'm so hyper aware of that how Mm -hmm. like we've also been taught to police our own emotions um and a lot of that comes from also like it's broadly the way that society is too, but then like being in a patriarchal Christian cult, like really fucking teaches you yeah. to be a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, which is also why I think I was diagnosed so, 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 so late in life is because I was given the blueprint of how to act. So I acted that way instead of, you know, so. Well, also but, like, yeah, it's just fucking I'm wild. not sure about 
ADHD so much, but I see masking a lot more related with like mm-hmm. autism. And so what they did yeah. was hand you a mask. You yeah. didn't have to yeah, learn yeah. it so from masking, like context clues. They just yeah. gave it straight exactly. to you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, masking applies to both ADHD uh, and it? autism. Okay. Um, yeah. So it does. I've learned, <laughs> I was in the process of like, uh, this is such a tangent for which I apologize, but I was like in the process of getting a formal autism diagnosis. Um, just for my own knowledge, I've learned it's actually a lot more common, especially for adult women. Like a lot of people see self-diagnosed and that's like, okay, you Google shit, whatever. But like, there are a lot of fairly legitimate assessments for people to mm-hmm. self-diagnose autism. And like that conversation I've learned is different than like other types of self-diagnosis just because like the medical system has failed women yeah. so spectacularly, um, especially when it comes to mental health, that like it's a lot more normal and accepted and like understood that like people are like, oh yeah, like you can recognize, you know. So I've learned that that conversation is like a little different, um, but I was in a process to be formally diagnosed just for my own like understanding, just for my own, just for myself. Um, but I learned that like if you have a formal diagnosis, you can't apply to some uh, I'd like to leave the U.S. eventually one day. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that you can't apply for some work visas if you have a formal diagnosis, a formal, a formal autistic diagnosis, yeah. because the laws are really out of date. They don't understand that it's a spectrum, yeah. and then they think that that would make you incapable of working. Um, so I actually stopped, and That's now I'm fair. no longer seeking a formal diagnosis um, because there's visas I might want to apply for. Which is fucking yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, they hand you a map. So I was like, oh, I don't, you yeah. don't, you don't know. Nobody had any idea that I didn't fucking understand social cues because I didn't need to. They literally just gave you the fucking behavior. Yeah. So yeah, masking is literally like they just fucking handed it to you. But so I'm so big on like all of the female emotions mm-hmm. in media, in life, like all of them. I, I, I always like, found too, because because I grew up pastor's daughter. And so, yeah, so I, not quite a cult, but I was like very, it's, it's, it's it's a cult. It's kind of, it's got its flavor. Um, but it was like, you know, especially with daughters cause he had three daughters and, and it's like, I have, um, three younger sisters. So pastor's family, my dad was a pastor. Yeah. I'm I'm number three. Yeah. Yeah, Whew, it's a fucking drug, yeah. baby. And um, I was the f- not an Yeah, one. I was the one that like moved in with my boyfriend and like, oh, and then my yeah, my and then my dad was just like really obsessed with like my sex life somehow oh, for some fucking reason. And anyways, but like it is, I've always Ugh. been really attracted to people generally, just people generally who are very like women who are very like open and emotional because I was always told I was too much what shown I was too much. Um, and so it, it it gives me permission to, and so like, I I feel like I always feel the most comfortable around people who are like putting themselves out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It also kind of gives you this blueprint kind of going back to the masking. Cause yeah. like, I am yeah. also like, I am currently an undiagnosed ND and, and I know that because yeah. one, you know, that like that thing that happened probably like last summer where people are like, uh, TikTok kind of diagnosed me as autistic. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just the algorithm <laughs> picks it up and suddenly you're seeing the same thing. And I was like, Oh no, I might be yeah. like autistic or ADHD. Yeah. Is that like, 
when you see those things in TV, like I had a yeah. like part of the reason that I get like that angry, that really defensive is because I didn't have a healthy way. Or I wasn't taught a healthy way to express yeah. those feelings. Mm-hmm. But when you see no. like Daenerys, which granted, I, I don't want to defend like her burning down King's Landing. But when you see that yeah. like emotional catharsis, yeah, that's huge yeah. for somebody who wasn't taught how like oh, how massive. women can have angry emotions yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like that again, you're supposed to pray away. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like it's fine. It's just like it's the demons, and like no, it's like mm. depression and anxiety and something, <laughs> yeah. some secret third thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. my god, I was very clear like i'm i'm formally diagnosed adhd and like at this point i fucking there's a a red called the rad assessment and it was developed by psychologists to help people diagnose i've taken like autism yeah 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 yeah. so i took it with my best friend and she got like a 12 how (laughs) i got 130 same same and I've told, like, yeah. I remember when I first started, like, thinking about it. Yeah. Is I would, like, tell my friends, like, I think I'm autistic. And they would be like, yeah. I don't think you're autistic. Because I am a very open person. And, like, there's yeah. this very, like, white young boy image that people have when they think of autism. Oh, yeah. I mean, same with ADHD. Yes. They think of hyper boys. Yes. They think of, like, di- and like dinosaurs and trains like, and jumping not... up and down. Yeah. I'm like, that's actually, like, but, again, even if you aren't religious, society teaches women to be so quiet Mm -hmm. like society literally teaches young women with adhd to mask so like that's not a valuable symptom to like you know well i remember seeing these these things about like because adhd (laughs) people and autistic people will hyperfixate books were my hyperfixation oh yeah that's like that was the pipeline um, that's how we got here (laughs) you know I for, there's a uh, there's a term for it which I have forgotten. But there's a clinical term for it, and it's it's an indicator of autism. And this was me, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Where as a very young child, you showed extreme abilities for mm-hmm. reading, but nothing else, not math, yep, not science, not nothing else. And in kindergarten, I was reading at a fifth grade level. And they wanted to move me up a grade, oh. but they didn't because they didn't think I'd be able to socially connect with my peer. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me that you didn't think socially I afford it. Like, cause like kids are fairly fucking similar from like yeah. to first. Like, I mean, obviously developmental changes are huge year over year when you're that young, but also like, you're still talking about like recess and the same TV shows, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me, but I wasn't overly good at math, wasn't really over good at science, wasn't over good, like nothing else. I was not necessarily a genius or smart kid. It was just reading. And I had this insanely off the charts, better than normal reading analysis, but nothing else. And then I'm like, and you're telling me you didn't want me to move up a grade because of social cue reasons? That seems like a pretty big fucking indicator. Yeah. Oh, and nobody thought to go anywhere with that. Like the school counselor, my parents, everybody just like, no, I mean, she's really fucking good at reading. And like, <laughs> but probably couldn't keep up with anybody socially and emotionally unless they're literally her exact age. Yeah. Like other four-year-olds, fine. A five-year-old, fine. 
Well, okay. And I'm going to tie this back into like range of female emotions because we love to demonize yeah. women's things, like girls' things too. We like do. that's why Twilight we had do. like that terrible justice, PR. Justice for fanfics and boy bands. All yes, day. yes. And a lot all of that day. inherently ties into like young women with neurodivergence. Yeah. Because yeah. more and more data is showing that like we hyperfixate, we we engage in different ways than yep like young boys and a lot of that does yeah. have to do with socialization so it's not like i'm not claiming yeah. like binary or anything but like yeah, yeah, yeah. boys are socialized yeah. to like dinosaurs so they're kind of like given yeah. what is coded as men's or boys things until they find one they like and girls are mm-hmm. coded to like girls things and so we're offered yeah. the things that they allow us to like until we find the one that takes up our entire lives and yeah. so that's why you get like you wear the twilight shirts, you have the Edward necklace, yeah. you have like oh, the yeah. Harry Potter wand. You want to do like, oh, yeah. like all of those little cute things. you got the, your entire yeah. like bedroom is decorated with K-pop yeah. stars. Like that is. Fuck yeah. I love valid. it. I love, I love women's joy. I love women's obsessions, yes. especially young women. Um, seriously, like justice for like boy bands and mm-hmm. fanfic, like, and fan culture, like all day. Of course, I understand that there's like some harmful elements to fan culture where it becomes obsessive and, yeah. and not okay. Like, you know, that aside, justice for fan culture yeah. because people talk so much shit on girlies who are just fucking out here trying to enjoy a pop album. And I'm like, you want to talk about fanfic? Men play fantasy football every yes. week where they make a little dream team. What the fuck is it fantasy doesn't football? Even make That's sense. fanfic, my dude. That's fanfic. Yes. You're picking your favorite characters yeah. and making a separate non canon plot for them. Yes. That is fucking fantastic. And they bet money also, on it. Yeah. I, like they gamble. And you bet real yes. money on it. You bet real fucking money on it. <laughs> we spend money on shit, but it's a genuine transaction. Yep. You just might fucking lose yep. it. Yep. Like, yeah. what the fuck is fantasy football, my it's dude? It's got it in the that, name. And then also, it's in the name. It's, it's in yep. the name. The other thing that I love so much, and I didn't come up with this, this was like a post I saw somewhere, and somebody was like, you realize that, like, Inferno. And um, Virgil's like, have you seen this? Yes, you know what I'm talking yes. about? Um, they're like, he literally goes to hell and hangs out with Virgil. His, his like, who, hero. Who's his yes. hero? And it's like, yeah, and then Virgil and all of his buddies thought I was really cool, <laughs> too. And, like, that's fucking Inferno. It's fanfic. It is Bible fan fiction. It is fucking <laughs> yes. fanfic. He literally goes to hell and hangs out with his favorite characters. And is like, and they liked me too. They thought I was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking fan. Yes. I'm like grabbing the mic to like make my. We, well, voice. you need we need um, everyone to hear. We want to make sure they all hear. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We just want to make sure everybody because I'm not yelling. Yes. Um, yeah, justice for fucking fan girlies because Jesus fucking Christ. Um, yeah. They also do incredible things like the the BTS army organized. Uh, donations for, and I believe it was awareness around like a gun control cause in the U S they raised like $50,000 last year for like a a cause and like rallied and then bought a bunch of seats for a Trump rally. So nobody was there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They fucking like legitimately are like doing shit. Also like like, they're so fucking organized. Swifties kind of taking down the ticket master monopoly, which is like Swifties destroying a capitalist monopoly. Like it's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. Like, (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck yeah. do football players do? The people speak. Yes. Come on now. It is a democratic beautiful yes. process. Hello. Yeah. Hello, my little Batman. What are you doing? <laughs> he looks like a bat. Aww. 
with a little squishy face. Are you are you telling me that my time is up and you would like attention now? <laughs> <laughs> he does that every once in a while. He'll kind of come over if I've been like engaged on a call or something for too long. He'll come over and then he'll just start getting really fucking annoying. Yeah. And let's be like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> your time's up. It's my attention time yep. now, ma'am. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and now we're doing zoomies. <laughs> I see him. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude. How old is he? <laughs> You just turned two. Oh, okay. So you get oh. zoomies a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My vet was like, as soon as they turn two, they, they, cause I guess they're still puppies until they're like yeah. two years old. Um, they're like officially classified as puppies until they're two. And she was like, after two, they, they mellow out real quick. And I just look at this fucker and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> cause like, I think that's like, he's a gremlin. He's got the same rules. Don't get him wet. Don't feed him after some yep. time. Like, yep. We've got a dog and we had a pretty mellow dog when I was younger. Like my first dog, he was chill mm-hmm. after like, he, yeah, after he was done with two, he was like, yeah, he's yeah. like an old man. He's cool. He's, he's chill. Yeah. And then we got this other dog fucking maniac. He's, oh. he's about nine now. He's about to turn nine and he's finally chilling out. <laughs> he's still a maniac. And he's still a maniac though. Like he's still once a week. So he'll do zoomies. He'll run around the house just back and forth. Yep. Yep. You love your zoomies. I know. I have a very long rope. So he's like half-assed, like tug of war right now, off camera. (laughs) He's like, you just hold one end, I'll do the rest. Okay. Okay. So real, oh, real right. I, I got so off from your publishing no, questions. I'm so sorry. No, it's such a good I conversation. I think it's been about three hours. <laughs> um, okay. I have, oh, I, I actually have one, one yeah. like very specific yeah. question though, which is just, Excellent. so you, you mentioned Excellent. like when you want to get into publishing, when you got into writing, just fucking do it. Yeah. And yes, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also what mm-hmm. was your first step to actually like the actual practical first step to getting published? Um, well, I self-published. So, okay. um, I think the first thing for me, so all of my stuff's on Amazon, um, it's exclusive to Amazon because, well, the ebook is mm-hmm. because to be as, to be part of Kindle unlimited, you have to be exclusive, um, to Kindle. Mm-hmm. So for example, like if you want to be in Kindle unlimited, which is a great way for authors to, you know, get exposure and obviously it's fantastic for the reader community. We all love fucking our Kindle unlimited. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can can't, for example, then be on Nook or be on Apple Books. You have you have to be exclusive. So that's like part of the allure is if you're reading something on Kindle Unlimited, it's also the only place that you can get that story, unless you buy a print version. Print versions can be sold elsewhere. But um, so I would say like my very first practical step to like doing that, I think, was probably uh, creating an outline was the first thing that I did. And then I was very, very, this is a very particular workflow. Again, I'm neurodivergent. So I don't know if this will work for everybody, but for me, I'd be super prescriptive. So I write, I know some people are panthers. So flying by the seat of their pants. Some people are plotters and they plot every single thing out. I'm a plotter. So I literally um, will calculate how long I want my book to be. And then I'll be like, okay, so halfway point is here. So the climax needs to be here. This needs to be here. This needs to be here. The only math that I will do in my life and then I will calculate, okay, so this chapter, I need to write this specific two scenes and it needs to be this many words long. And I will map out the whole book like that. So then when I sit down to write, I can just write because I know exactly what I'm writing and I know exactly how long it needs to be. So I think creating that outline was like the very first tangible step for me. And then for getting published, I think just that the first thing that I did was I just started getting familiar with the KDP platform. Mm-hmm. Kindle Direct Publishing is what it's called. If you were to self-publish, you, you do it through KDP. Um, so I just created like my KDP account, which you just like can 
go into your Amazon account and then like make a KDP one. It's really, really easy. And I just started like getting familiar with like what it looks like. Um, so understanding what I needed to do to format it, understanding what I needed to do, like what were the specs creating a cover. Um, I did the formatting myself, but I obviously have a cover designer. It's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so start getting familiar with KDP. If you're going self-published, just like kind of what are the ins and outs, get to know what are the things you're going to need to help yourself format it, help yourself get a cover person. Um, and then to just get going to just start writing for me, I'm a plotter and it helps my ADHD yeah. to have a super specific plan, um, which creative processes are very, very different. That might not work for everybody. Um, but definitely just start poking around KDP to get used to it. And then when your book is done, you know, okay, these are the specs. This is like how big the cover is. You know, this is what I need to format it. These are the files and, you know, stuff like that. So just start poking around in there, get your outline. But then when it comes to writing, like just fucking do it because there's never going to be like a perfect day, a perfect mood. You're never going to like feel perfectly ready. Nothing good Um, ever happens in the comfort zone. Please. No, yeah. nothing. Um, calm, calm waters do not make good sailors, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, so just fucking do it. The world, the world needs your stories. I need your stories. Um, so do it. Now you have a moral obligation to do it. If you are a people pleaser, <laughs> I have just. If you have a praise have kink, just, uh, if you want to be called a good girl, if you have a praise yeah. kink, <laughs> if you if you have a praise kink, come to my DMs and tell me that you want to write a book and you haven't done it yet. And I will tell you that you are a very good girl every time that you get some of your work comes done. I will supply praise kings to anybody trying to get their shit done. I get it. I, I, I see you. Nice. I am you. And on the opposite end, if you prefer degradation, we will talk yeah. down to you until you work, do your writing. So yeah. <laughs> we are open kink here. Yeah. 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 No judgment here. No judgment here. Um, yeah, yeah. All day. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, thank Perfect. you so much, Molly, for yeah, like you, coming on here. We are, so we had fun. Some, this was really, really fun. And Great. I, I hope you will grace us again. Yes. yes. We had Same so much fun. Next week. <laughs> when yeah. we, like, we're all yeah. reading fucking magicians together. Yes. I'm coming back yes. I'll yes. drag Amy. I'll drag Amy back here. We'll get her on the yes. podcast too, whether she likes it or not. Um, I can emotionally blackmail her. It's fine. Um, (laughs) We'll all all fucking read that. Um, Yeah. Anytime. This was great. I thank you guys so much. It's so fun for me to talk about this stuff. And as you can see, I could literally do it for fucking ever. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love, I love a good long podcast, you know, cause it it. is kind of like, you know, when, when uh, people like to talk and they're like, like talking, like, actual conversation and it's not like very too methodical it's like i can't get lost so fun to listen well i think it's for me it's also definitely a neurodivergent thing i love listening to people info dump and be excited about things that they're excited yes Yes. i don't necessarily have to love it but i love listening to people who are just excited about their (laughs) Mm -hmm. thing i love it i love it because i think i just like get i just seep in the dopamine from their joy yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's so much fun to listen to so hopefully it's that like mirroring thing I think yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yes, like body doubling yes. yeah it's like body doubling but just they trick my brain into like oh that's my yeah business. we're having it together ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a puff past the, the dopamine shared, exactly. shared experience yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh thank you guys so much this yeah i love this, this <laughs> yeah of course Okay. Right, well, cool. Lovely. So you can you can find Molly at uh, Bibblefile Blonde everywhere. anywhere, <laughs> and she will be everywhere. Below. Yes. So. yes, yes, we will tag get all of that in there. So okay. Well, until next week. Awesome. Yeah. Happy, <laughs> reading. <laughs> Happy reading. <laughs> Happy reading. Bye, Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>